welcome to a special edition of Sounding Board. Uh, this is the first of our lockdown editions, uh, so we're trying something a little bit new now. Uh, if the sound quality isn't quite as good, then we apologise, but hopefully it will be it will be okay. Uh, thank you for staying with us, Nick. Um, we're, we're in the first week of, of lockdown uh, because of the COVID nineteen scare. Um, there's almost too much to talk about. You know, there's, there's yeah. so much going on, so many different angles to this. Um, it's 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 crazy. Um, I think you you were talking about you were mentioning to me before about regulation. So I think that's a, that's a good thing because finally people are talking about regulation possibly being bad. Up until up until you know three weeks ago, um, the only thing you'd ever hear about regulation was that it was good. It was it was to protect people. It was uh, you know it, it, people weren't even saying that it was a necessary evil. They were just saying it's it's there for a good reason. Stops bad things happening. Now people are realising that perhaps it stops good things happening. Um, would you agree? I, I would. You've gone straight for the jugular there, haven't you? So, do you, do you want to, should we give a bit of should we give a bit of context? So, their regulations, uh, licensing laws, well, and which are all restrictions at the end of the day, um, they are being relaxed left, right, and centre. Uh, in in order to deal with the response to COVID nineteen, I mean, having said all of that, there's a a huge new set of regulations and laws that are meaning that you and I, even though we're a mile apart, are um, are stuck in our houses right now, rather than being sat in comfy chairs next to each other recording ourselves. So we shouldn't um, we shouldn't claim that this is you know where the, the slashing and burning of the regulations that we've always wanted um, but there are these examples now where like almost overnight I'm going to come back to that almost in a minute because I think it's quite funny almost overnight a load of different regulations certainly surrounding uh, the provision of food if we're talking about restaurants becoming takeaways um, the Production of ventilators, uh, the provision well, ventilators, of masks. There, there's, there's masks. Lots, there's lots of equipment that uh, that people have been wanting to produce to help the NHS, to help you know help help healthcare companies, and they're just they're just not allowed because the regulation takes too long to get around. Yeah. And by the time they could get past it, it would be no good. Well, and licensing is the same thing. If you are licensed to manufacture something like this, because you've jumped through a load of hoops and met a load of standards. Um, that that's all very well uh, if you've got enough of everything and you've got enough providers to do that. Um, but as soon as you need to up the uh, uh, the capacity of production by several magnitudes, um, then who's got time for pesky licensing? <laughs> um, and so it is it is highlighting that, isn't it? And I, I think we we highlighted um, in in our in the last edition. Um, which was the last edition where we were sat together, uh, where we were talking about this being the only game in town. The talk about coronavirus is going to dominate life for 2020. We Bring talked back about Brexit. That's exactly. We we talked about that. The, something's almost become a meme um, of you know everyone's a totalitarian in a, or, or rather nobody's a libertarian in a crisis uh, during a pandemic. You know, insert word here. Um, but then, actually, within days, that started turning turning around, uh, not least of which because of the regulations. And so suddenly it was like, aha, you like the libertarian stuff now, don't you? Um, which, 
has been pointed out by by some people, um, uh, and this is mainly on on social media. I I don't think I've seen anything on the legacy media at all um, talking about the even what it means to relax the regulations temporarily or or whatever. Uh, the reason I I said that almost, and I'd come back to that, um, is uh, have you heard about the uh, MOTs? No. So if you need an MOT, which I coming d- period, I do. Funny you should so, say that. So good news, <laughs> you've got a six month extension on your MOT. Okay. Really? Now it's not it's not like there are people out there doing an awful lot of driving. So the uh, if you if we want to talk about risk, uh, then uh, the risk has been lowered um, of car related problems and increased well but you see this is this is the thing isn't it uh, not although how many how many people have just stopped driving and or you know or they'll be using their car a lot lot less how many cars are just not going to start in a couple of weeks well how I, many I, batteries are going to die I, I guarantee my battery is 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 is, is flat um yeah it, well, it, i haven't battery. i haven't used yeah. <laughs> i haven't used the car for so long i've just been using my wife's um, yeah. Because hers has got heated seats and it's a much nicer car, um, so my car has just been sat on my drive for weeks now. Um, so this is going to happen, um, but you'll like this. Uh, so uh, uh, my wife's car uh, is due an MOT in a week or so, and they've been struggling to get um, an appointment at a garage, obviously. Uh, and then they announced this, and we we're like, "Ah, excellent, that's fine. We'll just worry about that next year, <laughs> or you know, in in six months' time." I mean, ignoring the fact that. Um, in six months' time, there's surely going to be a big rush, <laughs> a peak again of, uh, and we'll talk. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about supply and demand in this, I think, as well. Um, but uh, a colleague of mine uh, posted on our work uh, messaging system Slack uh, and said, "Right, yeah, I've got to leave a bit early tomorrow because uh, I've got to take uh, take my girlfriend's car to get her MOT done." So I sent him a message saying, "Good news, MOTs have, have been extended for six months." And he went. Yeah, not until tomorrow. <laughs> um, they they just picked an arbitrary day, which is Monday tomorrow. We're recording this on Sunday, uh, and uh, anyone's that was due like up to you know, like, like today or whatever <laughs> doesn't qualify. So they made the announcement, uh, but they made the announcement for like five days hence or whatever. Even though people have been struggling to get. Um, their MOTs done because garages have obviously been shutting and all this kind of stuff. So hang on, let, let, let's just let's just take Unpick this back a second. Unpick that for me. So if my car runs out of its MOT in a week's time, You're I fine. don't I don't have to get it done for six months. Yep. If my car has already ran out today, for example, today or or, or whenever up until now, I do. It's not fine. It's not fine. Being illegal. That's ridiculous. So that, that is that is me screwed then because the the, the my, my the, the um car I've got in the garage, I was going to get that up and running because it hasn't been for a while. Um, but is it MOT'd? No. Right. So you haven't driven it for a while. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's screwed. Oh, well. But you know, is is the MOT pro, um, protecting us or isn't it? If it isn't, if if we don't need the MOT. If, if if that test isn't actually required, 
and this is what we're proving now that no, uh, uh, my question to you is: Are cars gonna start clown car style driving down the road with doors falling off and wheels popping off? Well, this is um, so. This is one of those things where just because I might say I don't think I like the government regulating cars doesn't mean that there shouldn't be some kind of standard. And I imagine what would happen is in you know if, if we had proper private property with private roads. There would be lots of competing agencies saying, "Okay, this is the standard we have. This is the standard we have." And some would be, you know, permit. I imagine there would be a number that would be permissible on on each road. Um, I, but I you, imagine it would you, be linked. You would soon see which one was the best. Yeah, I also imagine it would be linked to your insurance as well. Uh, of course. I imagine that if you maintained your car um, more. Uh, that uh, you would end up getting um, a better insurance premium, uh, and there'd be I mean, there'd be much more of an incentive for you to look after your car. There would also be an incentive for the insurance companies to develop the technology to check your car uh, more efficiently as well, uh, and create that. Um, and it's a bit, you know, there, there there has been signs of this, hasn't there, with um, you know black boxes that see how well you drive and stuff like this, um, and that can lower your premiums if you drive like a granny. Uh, thoroughly boring. I'd rather pay the extra money personally. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is this is the kind of thing that um, that, that would exist. Uh, but I did think it's the the arbitrary nature of these things I, that cracks me up. It's the fact that it's it's tomorrow. It's not today. It wasn't the moment that they announced it. Now you can apply that across all of these government schemes. I like the word scheme. It's uh, it somehow sounds <laughs> it does sound negative, doesn't it? It, does, it sounds like they're sat there scheming. Uh, which is obviously what they do, um, but all of the uh, um, the Commander Sunak um, stuff, uh, all all of all of his, I don't want to call I want to call them reforms, but they're obviously not reforms, or at least we hope they're not reforms. These are the temporary measures for paying everyone eighty percent of their wages or whatever, whatever. But it wasn't all just like right from right now. Uh, and even all the stuff helping the uh, the so-called self-employed um, isn't kicking in until June, is it? Um, which I mean, it doesn't affect you or I anymore. Uh, well, no. So I've got a, I've got a little I've got a little story about that as well. So you know the you know the IR thirty-five changes that were supposed yes. to be coming in on April the sixth. Well, they got delayed by a year. Yes, they did. A day after I signed a contract um, for a, a permanent contract for a job, so I've I started my company in 2002 and i've been contracting since then yeah you know without yeah. without issue at all uh the contract market just dried up um which i, I kind of thought was going to happen um so i was still looking for contracts um but at the same time looking for permanent work uh when my last contract ended in the in the middle of march and there was just nothing around normally at that yeah. at this time there's, there's there's so much work absolutely nothing around zero contracts there are a, a couple of contracts but they were there were these fixed-term contracts uh, for no more money than a permanent, uh, a permanent right. job with no benefits. Um, so there was no point in no point in doing that. Um, so I took a I took a, a, a very nice permanent role. So I'm, I'm I'm very happy now. But then, literally the day after they announced that uh, that IR35 was going to get postponed um, until next year, to uh, because they they, they realised it was going to be a hindrance on business. It's, 
if it's going to be a hindrance on business, exactly, then just stop it altogether. It's it's yeah. it's it's crazy. And and yeah. to be honest, the contract market isn't going to pick up anyway because so many people now have made the decision that they're not going to employ contractors at all. Um, you know, all the big banks, and they're not going to do that just for just for a year. Um, everyone's got everything in place for you know for different ways of working. So and and and, and now because of the lockdown, they're not going to be employing contractors anyway. Um, so it's it's a complete farce. So you think, I think you said this last time, or at least we've had a conversation about it, all of the bad things have a possibility of staying, but none of the good things have a possibility of staying. They'll just, they'll just you know, tax people at the same rate that they were before. Um, they'll, they'll remove any, um, any, any extras. They'll, uh, they'll add back all the licensing, add back all the regulations, no sweat. I think, it's, it's yeah, I think anything that they roll back will have some kind of a sunset clause. But when, but there, there will be things that will that won't change the, the bad things. So I imagine when all this is over, think of the damage to the economy. We're going to be taxed back to the Stone Age. That's not going to change anytime soon. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if some of these additional police powers and, and other things stayed on I as well. To talk about that. The, the so, so-called emergency powers. Um, obviously, it's. I mean, it's just a. It's, it, it, emergency powers are a farce because if they are. I, I couldn't care less whether it's democratic or not. If they're voted in, if they're decided upon by whoever's in charge, um, it doesn't matter that they're temporary. It doesn't matter that if, whether they get rid of them or not because they can just add them again when they want to. That's what they did this time. They added them again. They added them again. Here we go. Here is our emergency powers. Um, so you can't just sit back and think, oh, they've got rid of the emergency powers again well, because, no, because, because they have they're... the power to create them. Exactly, it's 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 like when you know when when someone announces that they're going to get engaged on a certain date. It's like, well, then if, then you, if you know that you're going to get engaged and you're going to get married, then therefore now you are engaged. It's it's the same with these powers. You, you know, you know, if you need, to, if you're just announcing that you're going to have these emergency powers, then you've already got that power. There, there's yeah. nothing, nothing has changed, and, and hopefully people are now realizing that the state has too much power anyway. You know, they shouldn't be able to. They shouldn't be able to create and and add to these powers without some kind of an election, referendum or anything. The fact that they can do just says that they have the powers already. I've seen a lot of criticism of um, political reporting. Uh, and I mean, I, I have to admit that I think that the questioning from the, uh, the political correspondents and editors um, at these daily press briefings the questions have just been have just been awful um i don't i don't think they've been const- anyway constructed i don't think they're asking the questions that people actually want asking and they're and they're incredibly you can just you can just smell the bias on them uh you know from from any angle um so i'm, I'm not saying that the political pundits and the commentators and the journalists are doing a very good job but I've seen people diss political reporting and the politicization of this. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is political. If you don't think that this is political, then I don't know how naive you are. Because of course this is political. But you can you can you can take that a little bit further as well, in that we've got political reporters reporting on everything. So they're just making I mean, so I I think you're right with this, but in general they're making everything political because that's just what they do. That's how they make a yes, living. Yes, but that's their job. And it, but the politicians are the same. 
and the the only you know they they're all about staying in power. That for, for them, that's what politics is. It's for becoming the one that's in power, and then for staying there. And so, obviously, this is political. And that's not to say that the um, that the lives that the that the amount of life in this country and the lives saved or the lives or the deaths prevented might not be intrinsically linked. It might, it might very much be in their interest for people not to die. But it doesn't mean it's not political. And it doesn't mean that they're not trying to find a way of um, winning on more than one angle. You know, um, you know the, the fact that Boris is on like 72% approval rating or something, something horrific like that. I mean, the, the numbers are, are very, very high, aren't they, at the moment? Um, and and so again, all the usual suspects are going. Oh, this just shows that the you know, the, the electorate are stupid and all this all this kind of stuff. I mean, I would agree with him in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I think I might have that right. Uh, but it it it. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what point I'm trying to make now. But yeah, go from there. Okay, so can we can we just bring it back a little bit? Um, we've, we're in lockdown now, as as everyone can can now see. Yeah. Um, a couple of podcasts ago, I talked about uh, people being institutionalised and yep. having Stockholm syndrome. Um, I, t- to me, this is just showing that even more so. The fact that people, if, if you look, so there, there was a there was a YouGov poll um, uh, on the day after the lockdown was announced, and it was something like ninety three percent of people agreed with it. Ninety three percent. I mean, you could you could have a poll asking whether the Earth was flat. And you probably wouldn't get ninety three percent. So it's 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 ridiculous. People are just they're so institutionalized. Sheeple. That they they just they they need they need the government to tell them to do something. Otherwise, they don't know what what they should do. People people are, you know ninety three percent of the people are now saying yeah it's fine I'll I'll stay inside my house because that's the right thing to do. But they needed the government to ban them from going outside in order to do that. If they if people weren't so reliant on the government and, and if people if people knew that the government was going to do absolutely nothing about this, they would be forced to make their own decisions. And currently they just don't want to. It's it's this it's it's a type of institutionalization I would say. I totally um did you see the article I've shared on a number of platforms uh, about risk and the precautionary principle? Yes. Yes. So this I was did. an article by David Zurak. Um, this was on. Uh, we can put the link uh, in our in our description. This was on the Science 2.0 uh, website. Uh, I thought this was fantastic. This is an example of um, uh, uh, these articles were more difficult to find before this, uh, but they go they surface, and this, yeah, it's good for us to find find content like this. Uh, but this was talking about the fact that we have as as societies. Um, we have outsourced risk. We have outsourced risk to the regulators, uh, and the regulators meaning you know the whole of the state really. Um, and as a result of that, we are just completely ill prepared, personally, individually, to deal with things. Um, and um, and I I just think that's a really important message that even though the regulators are there to try and keep us safe, or that's that's putatively what they're supposed to do that's what they purport to do uh, yes that that actually um what is counterintuitive to first but they actually make you more susceptible 
um, to to danger. Um, you know, let's take let's take cars for example. Do you know, John, I'm remembering an anecdote now of um, oh, I don't know whether he, he, he said it on an, an, an edition of Top Gear or he wrote it in the magazine, but I remember Jeremy Clarkson saying. Airbags? You don't want airbags. Spike. You want a massive metal spike. <laughs> that was an article. That was an article in in. I don't. I'm not even sure if it was in Top Gear magazine. It might have been it, in the Telegraph. I think, or I think something. it was. In, I think it was so long ago yeah. uh, that it was before Top Gear magazine. That was about thirty years ago. Because I think yeah. you were still at school. Really? I think it was that long ago. Oh, I thought, yeah. I think he was. I thought he was a columnist. Re- regardless of that. Regardless of that, the idea is like think how carefully people will drive if they know that a massive spike is going to just impale them. <laughs> and obviously that's extreme, but it makes makes the point. Um, when I posted, I, I posted this article on on LinkedIn, which is obviously much more business domain. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, but I like talking about risk. I like talking about risk because I sell a product that mitigates risk. <laughs> That you have to spend money and over-engineer in order to improve the service you get uh, to keep your business running. Um, so I like talking about business. This has been fantastic for talking about business continuity, for example. Uh, but I only, I only have one comment on, on this post because most people just think precautionary principle. That's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I had one guy post on it and uh, and he said, oh, this is why the people around my street drive like utter, utter lunatics. <laughs> it's like, yes, this is it. It's uh, You think you're invincible and you're driving around and you think, oh, it's fine because my car will save me or the, or the rules will, will save me. Um, and so it actually makes you a worse driver. But if we, can, um, if, we can, if we can go back to just like rules and regulations for a moment, there are lots of unintended consequences. So to give you an example, uh, there are now lots of laws and rules around peanuts in schools in america oh, I, th- I mean i think yeah. this is I think, and, and over here and, and over I think, here i think this is uh this is probably done at a state level in america um i'm not right. sure what the rules are over here but um so in lots of schools now you can't have any peanut related products i will get to that in a moment um that's for those listening that was that was nick waving a bottle of scotch in front of me a decanter um, a decanter of scotch um, yeah, so so you're not allowed to, to bring peanut products in school, um, and it's not they're not sensible about the rules. So they don't say you can't bring peanut products into a class where a kid has a peanut allergy. There's just a blanket ban um, because somebody just just some, some random person might have a peanut allergy. What happens now is that kids aren't exposed to peanuts, and far more children yeah. have peanut allergies because of these ridiculous rules. So lots of these regulations have really unintended consequences. Absolutely, could, and they take time. Yeah, to, and just just just, happen. just going back to your um, uh, your point about that that blog post you read. Uh, there's a guy on Twitter, Hector Drummond, who has his own blog. Um, yes. Have you have you read his uh, his, his his latest uh, stats on respiratory oh, deaths? Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. Fantastic. So we'll, we'll, we'll have yeah, to put it, we'll have to put a link uh, to this as well. But he was he, he he's been studying, and a couple of the readers of his blog. Have uh, have given him some statistics from the ONS, I believe, but not just the amount of deaths hasn't risen since COVID nineteen. The amount of respiratory deaths yes. hasn't risen either, which is and we're extremely under the five year average. Which yeah, I know I recommend this to absolutely everyone. Um, I mean, obviously, only um, it's only got year to date, um, and we're in week eleven or something now, so it's got the first ten weeks. But these are these are government figures. 
Um, this is this is figures from the Office of National Statistics, uh, and you can you know, they've got plots of each of the last five years, um, and uh, and then specifically as you said the respiratory deaths, um, which is absolutely fascinating. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely not in the ninety three percent that you quoted that you quoted before. Um, uh, another thing I want to mention with regards to the the concept of the regulations and the outsourcing of risk, and you know, people are just there expecting to be looked after because of that now, because the government has taken on their board. And it, every time there's a new regulation, whether it's whether it's the size of your toothbrush or you know whatever, it's it's the government making a decision for you because it says, "Don't worry, we'll do that for you." Um, so it just gets into people's lives. Um, have you heard of um, fence theory? I I have, but I couldn't I couldn't relate. So this, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure I'm sure you've mentioned it before. So this um, is relating to give someone a limit and they'll hit it. <laughs> yeah. So yes, give because, someone a speed limit and they'll go right up to their speed limit. Um, and 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 that's a problem, obviously. That's that, and, and and they spend their time and they spend their attention trying to make sure that they get the limit. Um, rather than taking care uh, to be safe, so a speed limit is a great example uh, where you know you're going down a 30 mile an hour road, and you know there's a speed camera somewhere, or you think there might be a police, police from around the corner. You spend all your time looking at the speedo, rather than actually looking to see whether you're going to run over a child that, that, that comes into the road. Uh, and that that particularly happens with average speed cameras as well, because oh, you know you're average. average. So so people are always looking at their speedos. Um, if you, I, the only the only solution that I found to the average speed cameras uh, cruise is control a, is a good cruise control system, uh, but that's that's not what it should be for. <laughs> anyway, cheers by the way. Cheers. Well, so, what are, what are you drinking? Uh, this is Talisker Sky. It's been a while. Nice. So this is Jura. Cheers. Cheers. Can I can I chink the microphone? There you go. Um, so this is this is Jura, but it's uh, Jura Journey. It's an expression that. Um, not brother, brother number three uh, bought me for my birthday. Um, he so likes his Jura. First lockdown birthday, uh, which is uh, yes. interesting. You know, I couldn't couldn't see my family. The, the closest I got was with the same same with brother number three, Simon, and with you, where it kind of just dropped the stuff off at the door, ran Stayed away, and then, the and then we had to yeah. have a chat from a distance. Oh, but you know now that that's uh, uh, that's not essential. Uh, that's that's not essential travel. I think I think Stephen Kinnock certainly knows, doesn't he? Can you can you believe <laughs> that? that? And and ridiculous. I'm I'm no fan of the Kinnocks. Okay, <laughs> I'm no fan of the Kinnocks. Um, I however, quite, I quite like Stephen Kinnock. I'm, I'm not saying that I agree with his policies. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's I think he's a smart guy. I think I think if 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 you're going to have this system, <laughs> then um, then I would want I, I want him on the other side in charge somewhere. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he's probably the lesser of the of, of the Kinnicks for sure. Yeah. Um, and and I guess to give to give Neil his due, he did he did start to make the Labour Party and kind of bring them out of the hard left that they were in in the early eighties. So he was he's far better than, than Michael Foot, for example. Oh, um, he was he was travelling to the wards of the direction of the right. Yeah, yeah, he was he was he was he was the kind of the, the precursor to to, to Blair. Um, it's yeah. more his EU stuff that I, I can't stand these days. Yeah. But anyway, so, it, was, it was it was Neil Kinnock's birthday, and Stephen, his son, 
uh, you know, kind of drove While delivering to, groceries round, essential essentials, supplies. essential supplies, which I've done for for mum and dad. Um, yeah. And and he 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 he, he sat a chair outside, so he could sit down and just sing his dad happy birthday. It took thirty seconds, um, and then and the the the, the police are, are tweeting him saying. This is not essential travel. Could you please not do that? And, and he had to yeah, justify it via Twitter uh, why he was visiting his dad to give him some essential supplies. It's just yeah. utter madness. A- utter absolutely madness. Ridiculous. Well, so I've got, um, we've put up a new notice board uh, downstairs in our kitchen living area. Um, and uh, since we've had all the work done, we've not had an awful lot of stuff on the wall. And, you know, we've been appreciating the, uh, the, the space and the, and the, uh, kind of clean lines and everything. So having this you know, right in the centre of the room now, we've got this notice board. Um, but it's because I've put the next three months um, uh, on there. I've gone back to paper calendar, so we've got something central um, that that us and the kids. I've got a shared calendar with my wife on our phones, which is fantastic. And we've got other shared files and stuff that we use all the time, whether it's a shopping list or you know meal planning and all this kind of stuff. Um, but we needed something in the centre of the house for key dates. Um, so you know, date of the lockdown, <laughs> date supposedly the lockdown gets reviewed. Uh, we've got the date the mum and dad went went in. Uh, the date when you know they're supposed to come out again in twelve weeks. We've got some of these things, but then also I've noted down all of the birthdays, anniversaries, Easter stuff like this. Okay, this this couldn't have happened for us personally at a at a worse time for celebrations. So in Within a month, within a month from your birthday, which was just a few days ago. Well, April, April is month, nuts, isn't it? Within one month, bearing in mind, obviously, I've got, I've, we've got birthdays on, um, on both sides, obviously, both sides as well. Um, eight birthdays we're missing. Eight, eight birthdays, one anniversary, and Easter. Uh, and, and that really sucks. And we're doing an awful lot more of video chats like we're doing doing here um we've been having video drinks video meals we've played video board games with other people on the other side of uh, uh i haven't done that i've had i've screen. had i've had a video scotch with with you and simon um Brother and I've had a, yeah and i had a video martini with a, another friend on my birthday um yeah that's all i've done i've just been just been like a video alcoholic um <laughs> since lockdown um, we need a name for that <laughs> Yeah, um, but this is what it's reduced us to, um, and uh, I, I must admit, I am, I'm, a, I'm a little bit scared of going out. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm. If you ask, if you ask my friends and family, I, I, I am defiant. Um, I'm the one. I'm the one that people know that are, are saying um, that this is all nonsense and it's an overreaction and all that kind of stuff. Um, but. Um, uh, I don't. I don't want to get stopped by the police. Obviously, so that, that's it, isn't it? It's not. It's not that you're afraid to go out no. because you're afraid of getting the virus. It's no. the, afraid that someone's going to accuse you of going on two walks a day instead of one. Panic demic. That's what it is. Yeah. No. This. And I. Um, I put a message out um, a couple of weeks ago saying the only thing to fear is fear itself. Um, and uh, that wasn't a popular post in the slightest. Um, but that's that's what I believe. It's this is this is the cure is worse than the disease. Um, which, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I think I've, I've seen more people for that reason afraid to go out now since the police 
have said, you know, have, have been, have been clamping down on this. No, that was the change. Um, that, I, I think that that now that you can get fined and stopped and, and whatever, and it became law. Uh, I mean, they're going further than the law. I've read the law. They are going further than the law. This oh, for sure. With their, with their drones showing people and walking their dogs in the Cotswolds and over and saying non-essential, go home. Uh, it, it's 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 utterly ridiculous, and it's and then and they're not upholding the law, which they should. If any if anyone should be the letter of the law, could it be the police? Would you agree? Well, it's, it's, it goes back to these. I mean, they've, they've got a, they've got a history of that. There are the non-crime hate incidents, and it's 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 like oh, that. Yeah, it's started. it's the, it's the same level. It's exactly the same level. So, do you think? Um, well, obviously, there's not a lot of woke going on at the moment. Um, I don't know whether you've noticed, uh, well, whether you found a lot of it. Um, obviously, as I say, this is the only game in town at the moment. Um, but it seems like nobody cares about their personal pronouns at the moment. Which uh, which is great. This is this is you know showing what what's important and what's not. But I'm detecting, and I, I'm I'm I need to. I, the reason I'm talking about it now is I want to I want to I want to verbalise it. I want to try and come up with a term for it. But there is there is something happening that is similar to woke, similar to this woke culture. That is just as stupid. I saw you tweet something earlier about. Was it was it the, another police force um, saying if you could please try not to have any accidents? <laughs> yeah, please avoid accidents because you won't get seen in accident and emergency as quickly as you would have done afterwards. So just just you let me know when I can go back to having my my accidents, please. That'd be lovely. <laughs> um, there's got to be we've got to invent a term for that level of of idiocy because can you see the parallels with woke? with something like that it's this kind of complete self-contradiction and 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 insanity all all in one little statement um we, it, we need something to find it because it's replacing woke it certainly is ridiculous as woke uh for sure yeah um but it's as prevalent it's it, it, it but it it's got that political correctness to it hasn't it because of the, the lockdown and the regulations surrounding that. I know we've talked about other regulations getting stuck on the bonfire temporarily, but because of this, it's like, it's, it's not even the letter and the spirit. It's, it's going even further than it. It's taking things, I suppose the it's taking things too far. Woke takes seemingly sensible things and then takes them way too far. And this is doing the same. And I can only assume it's the same people doing it. Of course it is. Of course it is. And uh, and and they're, they're they're used to the inherent contradictions with well, so so they're used to the inherent contradictions with Marxism, uh, and they're therefore moving to moving to woke culture. They, they almost it's almost like they embrace contradictions, and and it's why you can you will read these articles. Well, I say you read them; they're often impenetrable. You can see these articles where they're, and they're just word salads. And they're deliberately obtuse, so that you can never possibly understand them to kind of hide all these contradictions. Like a Russell Brand tweet. Yeah, and and I'm sure his books are the same, although I've never bothered George to read Bobbio them. article. Yeah, uh, but they're they're just so they, they kind of embrace the contradictions by being so wordy and and just un understandable. Um, and and this is how they this is how they they've done it with Marxism for a couple of hundred years. Uh, this is how they do it with woke culture, and this is probably how they're going to do it with with whatever new is going to going to come along as well. Yeah, we live in interesting times. 
We do, we do. So how long do you think the lockdown is going to last? Because I don't think this is going to end anytime soon. I, this, is a, this is a very fascinating topic, I think. Obviously, I know what I want to happen. Um, but I think this is fascinating from a psychological point of view, obviously. Um, I, so far, I've managed to predict the next step a week or two in advance. Uh, as it's as it's been happening, um, I think that there's a very um, strong possibility that uh, the police powers will be upped um, in the in the not too distant future. Certainly before the end of this three week period, they would have to do it again for psychological reasons. You can't just wait until the end of the three weeks and then go. All right, it needs to be harder again. They, they will do it before that. If, if, if it's going to get stricter. It will happen before the end. Yeah, of the I reckon weeks. another another week or so at the most, and 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 they'll they'll yeah. they'll do that. Um, and so I think it's it's much more likely for them to do that because they want to ratchet, aren't they? That right now, it's only been getting worse uh, in terms of our restrictions on our uh, freedom of movement. Yeah, and because 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 of the way that COVID nineteen works as well, we're not going to actually see. A oh, lot good. of the Two, benefits for for a while, because unlike other coronaviruses, you are highly infectious long before you get any symptoms. Something like yeah. SARS, which was another coronavirus, was highly infectious, but you got the symptoms first, so you could be ill for a couple of days, or I think twenty four hours or whatever. Um, and uh, but you weren't infectious at first, so you could like a very easy isolate people as soon as they got the symptoms to prevent them from spreading them. COVID nineteen is completely different. You are it's, you can have symptoms for a week or so. So you can you can be infectious for a week or so, have zero symptoms and just be infecting people. It, it's an incredibly successful virus in in my eyes, uh, not least of which because it uh, it is pretty infectious as viruses go, and it causes everything from complete asymptomatic to death and everything in between. Um, so you don't really ever know whether you've got it or had it. Um, I mean, I'm, I really do want them to up the testing because I want their, and as quickly as possible, because I want them to show that it's been way more prevalent than they thought. I want them to show that, because all of the death rates are nonsense at the moment because of the, the, the tiny number of people that they've actually tested. So, of course, when you do the death rate compared, compared to the number of confirmed cases, yeah, it's absolute nonsense. Um, so I'm, I'm in favour of, of there being a load more testing in order to show it. What, what, I'm, what I'm hoping, bearing in mind that the same people, the same experts, uh, doing you know, these Imperial College studies and everything, that, and, and models that informed government opinion... The fact that they've gone in in classic um, uh, Project Fear Brexit um, Treasury document planning, right from well, it's going to be five hundred thousand deaths, all the way down to like six or seven thousand, or, or you know, now they're talking about under twenty thousand, or you know, as low as six thousand deaths. Um, it's like you, you you again, your assumption at the start was that people would not just do nothing, but there would but would act- actively make it worse, which people don't do. Um, and there, there, there really was something to be said for letting this, letting this run its course. Um, I, I get the idea of flattening the curve and, and all that kind of stuff. 
but again, comparing us to Italy is a complete mistake. We've got something like uh, just under, well, I don't know, it's about, about, about 30,000 ICU beds. And that's before NHS Nightingale hospitals get built in accelerators and all this kind of stuff. Do you know how many Italy had? No. 5,000. Really? No wonder they were overwhelmed by their massively aging population that suddenly couldn't breathe. So you cannot compare. You, you've got a tourist destination, a tourist destination for the Chinese and the oldest population in Europe with a tiny number of ICU beds. Yeah, and, and don't forget Italian culture as well. They are, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're hugging, hugging and kissing yeah. each other all the time and it's lovely. Um, but, it, it, you know, in situations like this, it can, it, it can spread disease more. It's interesting, places like Japan, uh, which have a, an older population, I believe, than Italy, aren't seeing the same things because they're, they're culturally quite reser- very different. They're quite reserved in, in their nature, and, and as, as Brits, we are as well. So, um, hopefully, that will make a that will make a slight difference uh, to I, the impact it has so. over here. But what I'm what I I mean, I, th- I think we actually are already seeing. I, I need to check the percentages, but I think that the the, the deaths aren't in any way. I, I, people keep trying to map segments of the growth chart against Italy and I think they're missing the picture completely um, as I say for, for a lot of reasons including um, including the ones I've just laid out um, and and the fact that you know you infect a care home and the percentage goes you know goes through the roof of, of the ones that have been infected in that way um, I think I think the deaths that I, I think the death rate increase is slowing down um, I think I think we're already we're already starting to uh, round off the top of that curve, um, and now obviously they're talking about you know sawtooth, you know kind of graphs and things where um, where it keeps coming back, whether it's a second pick, third pick, whatever. Um, I want to bring it back to your question though, which is about how long this lockdown lasts. I think that is, I think that is a political and a, and a psychological question, or rather, there's a political and a psychological answer to it. I think there's a lot in saying people will only do this once. I also think there's a lot in saying that people won't do this for very long. Now, I don't know. I don't really want to predict what it'll look like. But I can see people um, going, sod this, if this carries on for more than a few weeks from now. Uh, And we're not even one week into this. Uh, I think it was one thing saying anyone over 70, people with health conditions, 12 weeks, there you go. Uh, I, I think that a 12-week style or more um, lockdown in this, in this way, um, I think will backfire massively in Boris's approval ratings for one of, of a better way of measuring it. Uh, and I think that people want to get going again. And actually... I just think it's catastrophic for 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 everything. It's catastrophic for people's mental health. Uh, you know, p- poor people stuck inside. Men- mental health, physical health. I mean, I, I don't want to just you know blanket say the economy, but people are losing their jobs regardless of um, of the measures put in. Companies are mothballing. It's going to take a lot of time to start up again. Uh, supply chains are being broken. Everything's going to pop because of this. 
Well, it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be much common sense. I mean, so for example, say say you're right, isolate ourselves. You mean sense, or you mean intelligence? Yeah, I've I'm, banned the use of the term common sense now. Well, so there's not much sense going into this. Um, so if you take you and I, um, so I've been isolating basically. Um, you know, I've been having food deliveries. Um, you know, from from Riverford and, and, and other places. So I haven't gone to the shops for a while. Um, let, let's say that you and I, you know, basically self-isolate for a couple of weeks. We have no symptoms. We're fit and healthy. Yep. Why, sh- why should you and I not go around each other's houses after after a couple of weeks of no, of, of no symptoms and we're only seeing each other? You know, it's it, it's crazy. You've got sixty-five or sixty-six million people are, are being are under house arrest, but all being treated like typhoid Mary. They're guilty, and then they're not. They're not they're not even allowed to prove their innocence. So I could, I could have had it, uh, in yes. which case I've got the antibodies. Uh, I'm not going to catch it again. Uh, therefore, I'm not going to give it to anybody. I should be able to, you know, and, and I think they're starting to do this in Germany now. So if you've had it, you can get a certificate that says, I have had COVID-19 and I'm therefore allowed out. I, I, um, would, I would be wearing that like a badge of honour. I, I said early on. Uh, I, I, I might even go and get it. Well, and I said this early on, I said, I just want it because I want to be the guy out there going, um, because I've had it and I can do what I like then. Um, and uh, and I, I want to challenge the, the system with that. Um, but I have followed the advice. Um, uh, and, and, you know, 80% of my staff are, are working from home. Uh, we had a very busy this week, week, week this week. And actually, we were operating in close quarters. Uh, there's, there's no, there's, there was no way of, of, of doing it any other way. We were, we were handling uh, devices, um, you know, network appliances and things, and cables and kit. Um, and there was no way of, you know, cleaning these things in between, passing them between people and stuff like this. Uh, so if any one of them had it, I'm, I'm going to have it now, and we'll know in about a week whether that's, that's the case. Um, if if I do get it though, I'll be I'll be quite happy about that for the reasons you've just given. I, I want this over with. I also want this test. I want the antibody test. I want I want to know if I've had it. Um, I'll, it will be again fascinating to understand because again there are reports coming out now that it's basically been here a lot longer than people think, and it's been going around since basically January. Um, if that's the case, if more than fifty percent of people have had it. That does change everything. And I, I want there to be more scientific opinion saying that so that that puts political pressure on the government to relax things. Um, and by that time, loads more um, loads more ventilators, a couple of pop-up hospitals. Um, I, although I really, I really don't see how putting up a load of temporary partitions in an arena uh, is, is, a, is a job worthy of praise particularly um, I, all, all this oh, look at this amazing you know, they put all this stuff up it's the easiest job in the world uh, it, it, it's not it's not common finding a vaccine that's difficult I'll praise the people who are working on that yeah so there's some good work done on that um, people like James Dyson who's just built 10,000 um, ventilators and it's just given them away. You know, created this, invented this new ventilator and, and you're just giving them away. This is the other thing, isn't it? When, when the private sector is solving these problems, that that's what I like to see. I, I like 
that the government went to Amazon to distribute the tests. I think that's fantastic. It's like, who does deliveries really well? <laughs> and the logistics behind it, Amazon. Not the post office. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite revealing, isn't it, in that, in that regard? Mm. Um, I, I, I wonder if uh, a Corbyn government would, uh, would have done anything other than go to the renationalized post office uh, in order to do that. I mean, you talk so just just going back a second. You talk about um, the easiest job in the world. I think you've forgotten who has the easiest job in the world at the moment. Do you mean Ambassador Sunak? Commander Sunak, <laughs> Chancellor of the Exchequer, with a blank checkbook. That has got to be the best job in the world. I'll just do this, 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 and this. Nobody's going to say anything. Everyone's yeah. going to think I'm wonderful. I don't have to worry about paying it back because it's going to be generations. It's 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 a do- everyone's saying yeah. oh, he's he's behaving so well under all these tough circumstances. Rubbish. He's got the easiest job in the world. I, I I don't know the answer to this question, but find me a budget that got waved through. Find me the last time. This might be the only time. I don't know. Again, there's been wars and things, so maybe maybe it has. But find me the budget that just gets waved through. There Martin, has been no scrutiny. Nigel Lawson, he had a far more difficult time. As Chancellor yeah. uh, than Sunak ever has, you yeah. know, having, having to having to to, to 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 roll back, you know, he wanted to roll back one major tax with every kind of budget, yes. didn't he? Yeah, um, you know, that's you know that that's that's difficult. Um, the 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 Chancellor's job after Sunak, that's going to be one of the most difficult. Yeah, who's going to who's actually? I, I say that I'm just asking myself who's going to want that want that job. And I reckon, and, and we can we can talk about this in, in a moment, but I reckon that's the kind of idiotic thing that the Sag would volunteer for again. <laughs> so, can, can we just go? It's been a while. It's been a while since we've done this. I know where you're going with this. But you um, you have a certain award, don't you, Nick? Are you talking about the uh, the Chukar Moon Award? The Chukar Moon Award for for was it political idiocy or something? Or, or I would need to go back actually and check on what how we actually defined it. I, I think last time I defined it in in several sentences rather. Well, I than think it's it's people it's, it's people who I think the way you described it was people who think they're really good at politics, <laughs> but aren't but aren't at all. So we we talked about people like Alan Duncan. I think did he did he get one? <laughs> he got um, the award. Yeah. Um, people who have a very high opinion of themselves who think they're politically amazing um I, retrospectively um i th- i think um the other Miliband would kind of kind of sneak in with this uh, because he thought he was a complete shoo-in um for the labor leader job um uh, and uh, and he got you know consigned to the dustbin of history yeah but anyway i, I want to nominate you want to nominate sad sajid javid well, and, and I don't, so I don't, I don't think he's, he's got the. I, I don't think he he rates himself in such a way that Chikarumuna does. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa! The Sag. I, he said he you never. You think said, that's come? You think that's come from anywhere other than himself? I, I don't, I don't think he's. I don't think that comes from him. I do. Really? I, I do now. <laughs> but if you just if you just think about the the the. the it's okay. I'm sold. He gets the award. The, the ridiculous decisions he's made, you know, about about Brexit being on the wrong side. You know, he he thought he was. You know, he thought Remain was. He was a lever, and, but 
but he chose to. He was a lever, but he but he chose he chose to back yeah. Remain. Yep. Um, because he thought, he, politically he the thought right that was the right do. horse, uh, so yep. he made a ridiculous error there. And then he, you know, he he he's Chancellor of the Exchequer. He did make it to Chancellor, and this is the only thing that goes against him for this award. I don't know if it does because he isn't he like he didn't he hold it for the shortest amount of time and didn't even get a budget through. So I I don't think that goes for him. Holding holding but, Chancellor for like but, two weeks or whatever, and then but, and then just resigning just before you he potentially gets the easiest job in the world. Could he not have seen this coming? It, it's the resigning. It, it's the resigning that that, that, that pips it in the end. Um, uh, certainly, uh, and uh, and him trying to make political points, uh, and then yeah, he could have been. He could have been the sooner. Having 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 said that, again coming back to him having a high opinion of himself, and in fact again going back to what pundits and things you know, and a lot of this is briefings from his mates and everything, obviously, isn't it? But it's he was tipped as future leader and yada yada yada, and people say how impressive he is and former banker and you know dad's a bus driver and all all this kind of stuff. Sunak's come along. I mean, he's only been an MP about five minutes, hasn't he? And he's, I think he's younger than me, and um, and he's tiny. He's this, he's this slight individual, but doesn't he communicate well? well so I, I have to give it to him. I I, I, I comes saw him across so much better than the Sage. So I saw. I can't remember what he was commenting on. It was. It might. I think it was on the run up to the election, where instead of Boris attending some of these things. They got him to they got him to attend, I saw Sky uh, and he was he was putting forward the you know the, the conservative vision he was for the manifesto. Chief Secretary of the Treasury, or whatever. yeah, something like that. And he was he was very slick, very good uh, in front of the camera back then. Um, his, yeah, his, his budget speech and his first of these briefings where they were announcing um, lots of money for uh, people, you know, the eighty percent workers and all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, he, he's a, he's a, he's a master at it. There's, there's no there's no two ways about it. Um, uh, as you say, he, he he got to do whatever he liked. Uh, he could have he could have doubled the amount of money. He could he could double the amount of money that is being spent today, and people would still applaud him for it. It would just get waved through again by by even supposedly liberal you know classical liberal MPs. Um, but I get, he's a good communicator. I think absolutely he's leadership material. I think he's calm at a crisis, all this kind of stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll give him the praise there, but it's not because of his policies. But back to the Satch, he gets the award? He totally gets the Chukar award. award. He's, our, he's our, latest, our latest person. Um, and he must be did, kicking himself now. Yeah. Absolutely it, kicking himself. We obviously we did award it to, um, to Alan Duncan. Um, did we award it to any of the... Um, any of the tiggers. I think we might have awarded it to the whole of Change UK at some point. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, they, they probably deserve to get it. Because they, be did, fair, that, they did rate themselves. That, that, that was kind of the time where I invented the Chikarumuna Award, though. Um, just because of... Because he's the benchmark. If, if we could have one Chukar. He's the gold standard. That, that, that's one Chukar. And so what we could start doing is we could start rating people in terms of milli Chukars. Um, you know whether how how Sage goes up that scale and Alan Duncan. Alan Duncan's pretty high. He might be as many as eight hundred millichuckers. Um, but I don't Mil- think Sage thinks m- millichuckers. That sounds like a horrific Labour MP <laughs> hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
that I never have to want to encounter. <laughs> Quite. Um, yeah, it, it's it's difficult to know where to put these. Um, I mean, so as far as I mean, so, good enough so, to win the award. Yeah, so Sajid Javid, as far as as far as decision, so and he's got a like like Chukra Munna, he's made a few. He's made a few dodgy. It's not just one. Yeah. It's not just one dodgy decision he's made. He's, he's made a few, and this one is a is a catastrophic one. It's one of those ones that it wasn't. It wouldn't have been quite. I mean, it looked a bit idiotic uh, resigning before you do the first budget, and I can understand why because they were going to get rid of his team, and he said, "No, I can't. If you're getting rid of my team, you need to get rid of me." But to not see this coming, and and you know, to have this golden opportunity to just come whizzing over his head, yeah. uh, only to be caught by. Sunak immediately afterwards he's got to be kicking himself so yeah he deserves yeah. the award absolutely um, and I think we should we should end it there um, this has been our first lockdown edition of Sounding Board uh, and maybe you'll be able to see us if we get the video right uh, but if not we'll be on audio only for a bit recording from our respective places until we're allowed to leave the house again thank you for listening